The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, folks, here on Big Blue View's YouTube channel for our post-game live stream after the New York Giants' 30-10 loss on Monday Night Football. Their record decreases to 3-7. and seven. Coming off of the bye, Chris, this game, I have to say, was incredibly frustrating uh, to watch. And as we've said, this pretty much every single week, it feels like. Uh, but Nick tweeted something that I thought and I put into our notes doc um, a little bit before I saw Nick's tweet. How the hell do you come out after the bye week, after all this time to prepare, and you score 10 points? Uh, and also with time to con- to, to see two straight losses for the Bucs and to see the issues that they were having. It's almost like the Bucs were the ones that had the time advantage on their hands. Uh, yeah, th- this was almost like the Buccaneers had two weeks to prepare for the yeah. Giants. Uh, this is just what the Giants offense is at this point. I, I don't know that there, there's really anything we can say about it. Either the offensive line is getting their lunch money taken from them. The wide receivers are... Yeah, dropping passes, making poor plays, or Daniel Jones is having issues, or you know the running backs just aren't getting really any kind of positive yardage. You know, they ha- the Giants had a couple nice runs towards the end of the game, but at that point, you know, the Buccaneers didn't care; they were happy to let the Giants run and just get the game over qu- more quickly. Which you know, I-, I suppose I appreciate at this point. Right. The, again, just the big thing for me is to to come out and look so vastly unprepared and then to see a, a Bucks team that was it felt like that they had a counter and they had an, they knew what they needed to do offensively and defensively to effectively um win this game and win it easily I think that had the Bucks not taken their foot off the gas this probably would have been a 30 to 40 point loss it was on that trajectory to be like that it looked like that the majority of the game the only thing that made it um somewhat respectable was the interception that Adoree Jackson had just simply based off of it being tipped up in the air. And there was the possibility that the Giants didn't even score on that drive, but it just, I, I don't even, I can't even describe it further than it just felt like we were watching a team that had no time to prepare going up against a team that was extremely well off and ready to go. Yeah. The, the Giants didn't look like they belonged on the same field as the Buccaneers. Uh, even that very first drive, uh, hats off to Bruce Arians 
for his script to open that game, the play diversity, the variety of players getting the ball, the sequencing, that was really a brilliant script. And the Giants were, they had, they were completely lost on defense. They had no idea what to expect. And, you know, really, I, I messaged you during the game. The, the Buccaneers were doing a better job of slowing themselves down than the Giants defense was for most of the game. Yeah, any instances where their their drives kind of stalled, it was just off of their their own mistakes. And it, it the the one thing for me too, though, Chris, was that the Giants' defense was on the field for so long because the Giants' offense wasn't really doing anything. And that's not a team that you can really you know be put your put your defense in that situation. They're yeah. going to expose your your defense if you're putting them in that situation. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like, uh, one of the things the announce crew brought up was how the Giants defense simplified over the course of the game. Now, I, I get wanting your defense to play faster, you know, especially with a quarterback like Tom Brady, who is just getting the ball out lightning quick and really always seemed to have a an answer for whatever the defense threw at him. But you can't make the game easy for Tom Brady. He has seen everything. He has seen everything multiple times. And if you're just sitting back in a cover two or a cover three defense, he knows exactly what to audible to. He knows exactly where his open receivers are going to be. And it was just too easy. And that was what we saw all game long. It was just too easy. Yeah, certainly too easy. The one thing that that really irked me, though, Chris, and, and it was all fun and stuff when we saw it happen, when Andrew Thomas caught the touchdown, and it's like, oh, he comes back, he scores a touchdown. I mean, like that was great and all. It was exciting to see, and to see that Andrew Thomas has a touchdown in his statistics is, again, it's fun. It's fun to see. But for me, the first thing that I started to realize when they weren't going to score after that is is how concerning that actually really is, is that in all of the red zone situations they're in and all of the issues that they have in the red zone and all the incapabilities to score touchdowns in the red zone, it literally took them throwing a pass to their left tackle who has been out for multiple weeks. I, I, that to me is the epitome of not only their red zone struggles, but their offensive struggles, their terrible play calling, that it required that to score a touchdown, and it, that was their only touchdown. I someone tweeted this, and it does, you know it doesn't take much to figure this out. Andrew Thomas now has more touchdowns than Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony. That's a freaking problem. That's hey. not supposed to happen. You shouldn't need to do that to score a touchdown in the NFL. Yeah, your left tackle should not have more more touchdowns than your first round pick and forty million dollar guaranteed wide receiver. That is. That is a major problem, and it is a problem that the Giants' offense can only do anything when it's either handed a five-yard field or they're resorting to trick plays or both because really that it, that has been when, when they've been able to get any kind of really positive production. You know, the Andrew Thomas touchdown, that long reception by Daniel Jones, you know, the the Giants like to use Kadarius Tony as a wildcat quarterback and have him throw. You know, those might be fun wrinkles, but if that if those are your best plays, that's a problem. 
And, you know, we saw the Giants offense basically stay in its shell, the shell that it's been in for the last three weeks before the bye week. They're not really pushing the ball downfield unless they've got an absolutely pristine one-on-one matchup that they love. They're just going with a bunch of shallow crossing routes, stick routes, uh, some screens that never really seem to work. And, you know, at the end of the game, they just said, you know, Blaine Gabbert converted a fourth down. And they asked, you know, why can't the Giants seem to execute plays like this? And that's just kind of who they are. Yeah, the the playmaking and the decision-making, the, the play calling, rather, and the decision-making um, is certainly an issue. And the other obvious issue is what we got from Daniel Jones today. And, you know, part of that, and we're going to talk about this, is definitely the offensive line, but there's no excuse for the, the two interceptions that Daniel Jones threw. There's, there's no excuse for the mistakes that he made. Um, there's... I, I watched multiple throws and then they kept panning to multiple angles where guys were open. And if you just took a second to look, it would have been a touchdown. I think there was, I want to say there was one play where it was early on in the game. And I think it was Kadarius Tony. He forced the ball to be like, he, he was hesitant and he, he started to throw it stopped and then threw it to Kadarius Tony who was covered, not completed. And I forget who it was. I think it might've been Kenny Galladay was open for a potential a potential touchdown like that is again what we're getting at here is the same issues just continue to pop up and the interceptions the worst that he not the worst that he's had because he's had really bad interceptions but along the lines of those really bad ones and almost a regression because he was just throwing it the ball out of his hands because he's he doesn't know what to do when pressure comes in his face and he just hands the ball to the other team is the result that we're getting. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, it's... I'm not sure if he panics or if if he just kind of has a brain fart and stops thinking, but we saw, we have seen a lot of the same problems that we saw as a rookie where bad decisions like trying to force the ball to, you know, a tight end while you're running the opposite direction on the field and, you know, with pressure right in your face and then throwing an absolutely terrible ball right to, well, you know, McClendon, which good for him. He got, he got an interception after, you know, 12 years in the NFL, but yeah, that was, yeah, uh, he had the whole rest of the field to throw the ball 
and he throws it to the one defender in the area. And then the second interception, that that was one where, once again, we saw Jones stare down his receiver almost before he got the snap. And it just led the led the Tampa defense right to where the ball was going to be. And again, that's, that's something we, we saw him do as a rookie. And yeah, he, he really needs to grow past this. And I'm not sure if he ever will. I'm just going to be entirely blunt. Uh, Cause we, you know, we always do the, like, uh, where do we stand on Daniel Jones thing, which is, which is fair to do. And, and I'm probably going to talk about this on the, on the film show uh, when we, release it probably on Wednesday, maybe tomorrow afternoon. Um, I, you know, we dance around like, where do we stand on Daniel Jones? I mean, like after today, I'm out. I, I really don't have any like that. Would That to me was the, the 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 nail in the coffin. He showed that he doesn't have the decision making capabilities to be the starting quarterback for the Giants right now to produce winning results. Um, he showed a regression in terms of decision making with forcing the ball where it's going to lead to a turnover, I, I'm out. And you know the reality of this of, of it is it is he's not the entire problem, but he's clearly not the solution. It, it, something else needs to be done, and I, and I don't, I just don't think that this franchise is going to take any steps forward with Daniel Jones as the starting quarterback. I just I I'm I cannot defend him anymore. It's I'm just I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of don't blame you there. I, I try not to talk about Jones anymore because people just get upset when I do. Right. But everyone does. It's it's the it's the the one name that if you bring him up, the, I think it's still divided. But most people are leaning towards not liking him at this point. Yeah, it. Uh, my my feelings on Jones is that he is really a walking bias test. Where if you if you want to believe in him, you can find plays to make you believe in him, to reinforce that view. He can throw an absolutely gorgeous deep ball. You know, he can run like a deer. He can, well, maybe not quite like a deer, but he can run well. <laughs> like a moose. Yeah, and he's got the toughness and he's got the leadership and all those intangibles. The Just coaches know how to read to, a defense or make decisions. Uh, yeah, and that's the <laughs> other side of the coin where yeah, his placement is we'll say inconsistent at best. He's still making those mistakes with eye discipline. He's not seeing the field consistently. And yeah, he's at the point in his career where he, if he's going to be a franchise quarterback, you can't have the peaks and valleys. You can't be relying on one or two flash plays a game. You need a, that snap in snap out consistency. I mean, like you, it's not fair to compare him to Tom Brady. Nobody should be compared to Tom Brady. No. But I have to say, at the end of the game, I was watching Blaine Gabbert because Brady got the rest of the night off. And I, I looked and I was like, is that, is that the future for Daniel Jones? Is he just going to be some other team's backup quarterback eventually because he's a guy you can trust as a human cigar? Or if something bad happens, he can do enough where you might not, you know, he can do enough to potentially not lose you the game. So the last thing I just want to hit on, uh, Chris here, and it's the same blatant thing that we talk about every week, uh, the offensive line, 
Um, somehow only allowed two sacks, which does not sound right uh, <laughs> when you say it out loud after the game that we just watched. Um, nine quarterback hits, though. Not that is that is a horrendous number. And, and props Daniel Jones. He got out of pressure, but the results that he produced outside of pressure were not good. He didn't get sacked, which is a somehow a step up. I I don't know if I can spin that positively, <laughs> but nine quarterback hits. Um, the the perfect example of how bad the pass protection in this game was was they hit home and got a pressure. I don't believe they sacked Daniel Jones, but they got a pressure on a third down when they rushed three. They rushed three defenders, and they were able to pressure Daniel Jones to prevent them from converting on that play. Like, that can't happen. <laughs> that can't happen. And Andrew Thomas, I watched Andrew Thomas. I, I thought he looked fantastic. And I'm, I might be wrong. I might miss something. Maybe he, he allowed some some pressures in this game. He looked fantastic. But you go from left over there, or sorry, to the uh, from left guard over, not a single guy there that I thought uh, did anything redeeming. I One of my, my roommate from college who was an offensive lineman, for those who don't know, I, I played college football at Rhode Island. And... Uh, he texted me in the middle of the game. He's like, man, Will Hernandez sucks. And he was in on Will Hernandez when he first came in. So uh, offensive line, yet again, just underwhelming. In, an, in a situation where they didn't even have Vita Vea and they gave up nine quarterback hits. Yeah. Uh, Thomas did give up a sack at the end of the game. Um, yeah. Uh, but it was the offensive line really did just get manhandled. Uh, Solder was getting pushed into the backfield all game long. Uh, and like you said, the Buccaneers didn't have Vita Vea, who was their best off or best defensive lineman so far. Uh, JPP was playing with a torn rotator cuff, which uh, shoulder uh. injuries are devastating for defensive linemen because that you know you need to be able to transfer power, you need to be able to use your hands to beat offensive linemen, and for JPP to do what he did and play some good football and really control the Giants' offensive line basically one-armed that is not good for the giants offensive line uh we'll get into this yeah mm -hmm. this week yes but god this was just terrible just just a just a terrible game to see when you're looking ahead at the philadelphia eagles defensive line and all of a sudden the eagles are playing well so <sighs> it's yeah. concerning We'll have plenty to unpack when we preview oh, yeah. that that Eagles game, uh, and, and we're also going to take a look at the tape and you know do our usual bit. We'll get Nick on, and we're gonna take a look at. Uh, well, some we'll of the let issues. Nick go in on it on Will Hernandez. I'm very excited to hear that. Uh, stay tuned for that, folks, by subscribing um, to our podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts. That's gonna be it from us. We'll talk to you soon.